Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Let me keep this short and sweet. Simple and to the point. Just go in the friggin' game. Don't let Philadelphia up off the mat. Don't screw around. You got the advantage in every way. In goal, on defense, up front, and especially down the middle. You got more star power, better coaching, and most important, you got a three games to one lead. As an added bonus, Philadelphia got no heart and can't take it away from you. The only way you can mess this up is to give it away. So don't give it away. Don't give Philadelphia a chance. Get this the heck over with. This is the Mark Madden Show live at Buford's on 5th Avenue. That's right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. Site of tonight's Game 5 against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Sean Couturier skated today and is a game-time decision. I'd be surprised if he played. I'd be shocked if he and they took the risk in what is a lost cause. Flyers coach Dave Haxtell also said the goaltender would be a game-time decision. No worries there unless the Flyers traded for Patrick Waugh uh, in the last 15 minutes. The Flyers have three goalies, and none of them are good. They're spoiled for choice, but they're all bad choices. Tonight is like the showdown at the OK Corral, except the local Cowboys have three times as many bullets. I don't know if the Penguins smell blood, but I know I do. Besides the five Stanley Cups and maybe the Mario Lemieux comeback game, my favorite Penguin memories are eliminating the Flyers in 2008 and 2009. 2008 was the handshake line I waited my whole life for. People talk about the stars on the Penguins, and how can you not? especially Sidney Crosby, the way he's playing right now. People are talking about Matt Murray, and it's about time. But it's really time to start talking about the Penguins' defensive core. Those six guys are killing it, and everything they did wrong in the regular season, they just stopped doing. The pinching has been precise. The puck management has been solid. Latang has been excellent, but it's all of them. All six, even Ruedel. Ruedel's supposed to be the weak link of that Penguins blue line core. Well, Ruedel would be Philadelphia's third best defenseman. So we got game five tonight, Pens and Flyers. In other news, uh, Washington beat Columbus last night 4-1. to one. The home team is 0-4 in that series. Alexander Ovechkin predicted... The Caps would win two in Columbus. He scored. They did win last night, and here we are. That series tied two games to two. Give Ovi credit. He stood and delivered as he always does in the playoffs, even if his teammates don't. Boston beat Toronto 3-1 to one to go up in that series three games to one. That game was at Toronto, and those are real smart fans in Toronto. 
They don't boo when the Leafs get outplayed. They don't cheer mindlessly either after a lost cause. They just sit there in silence and know they're beat. Uh, Patrice Bergeron was hurt and didn't play for Boston, so big effort by the Bruins on the road in difficult circumstances. In Bucko news, at Philadelphia, the Pirates got their bats stuck up their backsides by Jake Arrieta, which must have felt familiar. We all remember the 2015 wildcard game. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I flipped the dial last night. ESPN had a two-hour special on the NFL schedule released. Oh, my God. So-and-so has four out of their last six on the road. What the frick are they going to do? Two hours of analysis on the schedules. They were analyzing the schedules. I I mean, you knew who they were going to play anyway. I heard Lewis Reddick talk about New Orleans philosophical underpinnings. The Saints philosophical underpinnings. Based on what? The schedule? Philosophical underpinnings. That sounds like a class I took in college. Uh, The Steelers schedule is being overanalyzed locally. Uh, We're hearing and reading the most ridiculous crap because we got to talk football. It's all about football. Oh, my God. The Steelers are away for three out of four weeks in whatever month. What if Lev hasn't come into form after showing up late, after smoking pot and rapping nonstop for seven straight months? And what about the inside linebacker we don't have yet? How's he going to do against this team or that team? The guy we haven't drafted yet. Uh, I heard people projecting the Steelers' record week by week. Now, in April, before the draft, and, you know, somebody might get hurt between now and the Patriots game in week whatever. My God. Uh, The football fever is just insane and... uh, I guess I just participated it in uh, just now, and I feel embarrassed. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Oh, one one relevant Steelers schedule note. They're playing five primetime games, which is the maximum allowed uh, by the NFL. I hate primetime games. Uh, They ruin your day. If it's not 1 p.m. Sunday, it blows. I'm all about tonight. I'm all about game five. I'm all about that handshake line. If the Penguins beat the Flyers, eliminate Philadelphia, of course I'd still want more. Of course I want them to make history with the third straight Stanley Cup. I'm not going to say that beating Philadelphia, eliminating the Flyers would be enough, but it's something I can look back upon with great joy no matter what happens after. And make no mistake, those orange and black Jamokes are lucky this wasn't a sweep. Look at the scores the Penguins won by. 7-0, 5-0, 5-1. In the three wins, the Penguins have outscored Philadelphia 17-1 on aggregate. It's a shame it's not the Champions League. You're talking three mindless slaughters. But it's meaningless till you win four. After you win four is when the fun starts, and I can't wait. But I'm very old school in that regard, and you know why? 
1975 and the Islanders. Penguins lead in the quarterfinals, three games to none. The Islanders win four straight and eliminate the Penguins. I am absolutely serious when I say that scarred me and it still scares me. Chico Resch, the Islanders goaltender for that comeback, Chico Resch ruined my childhood. This is the Mark Madden Show live at Buford's, right across the street from the PPG Paints Arena. We've got Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette Talking Hockey at 3.30, and we've got the king of old school, John Stockerwald at 4.15. I'm taking nothing for granted. I am not assuming victory. But I'm looking forward to what I believe is an eventuality. Uh, that's if the philosophical underpinnings of the Flyers allow for it. I'm Mark Madden, 105.90X. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I want to get Penguins Flyers talk going, so do dial that number right now. I mentioned the Boston one before uh, last night at Toronto, and it was without Patrice Bergeron. Pretty impressive. He's their best all-around player. Uh, Marchand is a bit better offensively, but Bergeron plays maybe the best 200-foot game in hockey this side of Sidney Crosby. And I forget who wrote this, but in playoff hockey, you know how you can tell an injury is really day-to-day and they're not lying? When the coach talks about it and he doesn't look like he's ready to cry. Like in Boston, Bergeron really is day-to-day. You can tell when Cassidy talks about it, the coach, because his lower lip isn't quivering. With the Penguins, same thing. Hornquist really is day-to-day. In Philadelphia, Couturier says he's day-to-day. He's not. They're lying. Look at him. Look at Haxtell, the coach. Haxtell is nearly weeping. Couturier is closer to surgery than he is to returning. He skated today. If he plays tonight, God bless him. But for the Flyers to get back in this series, Couturier would have to be 100% and start splitting into half and into quarters like an amoeba. They don't need one of him. They need three or four of him. Uh, They announced the Norris Trophy finalists. That's the award the NHL gives out for best defenseman. Uh, The three finalists are Drew Doughty of the L.A. Kings, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and P.K. Subban of the Nashville Predators. Uh, Doughty got the nomination on rap. He's still pretty good, but he gets it on rap. Hedman should win it. But I bet Dowdy does uh, on rap. You know why Saban won't get it? Because he's a black man. No, actually, Saban might get it. Uh, speaking of defense, today is Slava Fatisov's 60th birthday. He might be the best defenseman ever after Bobby Orr. If it spent his whole career in the NHL instead of a lot of it behind the Iron Curtain, we might all think that. Let's go to Cameron in the car. Cameron, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hello, Mark. What up? So I'm wondering, let's say they do beat the Flyers 
if they made it to the Golden Knights, how do you think the Pens would do against Flurry? Yeah, I'm not going to analyze a Penguins-Golden Knights final when the Penguins aren't even yet out of the first round, you idiot, but thank you for calling. Let's go to Tom and McKeesport. Tom, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, man? What up, man? You know, I just think it's particularly embarrassing in this city that while the only real championship team is in the midst of going on another run to win their third straight championship, we're sitting here having a pissing match about the Steelers' schedule when we don't even know. Well, well now, hold it. I'm not disputing. Uh, we should talk about the Steelers when it's something newsworthy. This just isn't newsworthy. The Steelers' schedule, the NFL schedule, isn't newsworthy. We knew who each team was going to play a long time ago. Now it's just a matter of dates and times. But the NFL is masterful, as are the many merry men in the media that stooge, I mean, cover the National Football League, at hyping interest when none should exist. So I hate it, but I do understand it. Let's go to Melissa in Florida. Melissa, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I just have a question for you. If the Flyers win today, I'm sorry, the Penguins win today, will you have Matt Hardy on on Monday to delete them? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny, but thank you for the call. The time may have come for deletion. Let's go to Jason in North Hills. Jason, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mr. Super Genius, how you doing? What up, man? Um, what's your opinion on if the Penguins are winning uh, by more than two, two or more goals about in the third period with 10 minutes left, pulling Murray and keeping uh, Crosby and Malkin on the bench so no one gets hurt. I wouldn't pull Murray. Uh, I don't think the Flyers, I mean, who knows how tonight's game's going to go. Philadelphia might win, but I don't think Philadelphia has the inclination to pull shenanigans. I think they're just worn out by the way this series has gone. And all you do if you have a lead in the third period is you roll four lines. That's all you do. And maybe the last five minutes, you double up on the third and fourth line. And then maybe, yeah, rest Crosby and Malcolm. But I'm touching wood as I say that because uh, I'm not counting on such a situation tonight. Thank you for the call, Jason. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, today is 420. I hope Le'Veon Bell isn't driving or rapping. I mean, the driving, that's just unsafe when you're high. The rapping, he sucks at it. Uh, there's a big furor because Pitt hired a man to coach women's basketball. A lot of people making a big deal out of that. Why can't they hire a man to coach women's basketball? The last coach, Susie McConnell-Serio, was a woman, so it's not like Pitt is a, a serial hirer of men to coach women. If they think this guy is the best guy for the job, then go ahead and hire him. Anybody making a fuss over that is just looking for a reason to make a fuss. There's so many more important issues in this country, so many wrongs being perpetrated. This just isn't worthy of anybody giving even a second look. Uh, we will get into NFL draft talk at some point, just not today. Uh, but, but there's a report now. This can't be true. This got to be a joke. There's a report that the Cleveland Browns, who pick first and fourth, may pick quarterbacks with both picks. I can't imagine why. That's like saying, okay, we don't know what we're doing, but we'd have to get it right once. I said before, and I'll say again, whoever comes out of that draft with Saquon Barkley, 
is getting the best player in the draft. 412-333-9939. Up next, the Hockey Talk continues with Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. Hashtag best in the world. You are the super genius. <laughs> I'll say. And then some. The X at 105.9. Pens and Flyers tonight, game five at PPG Paint Serena. Joining me now, he covers the Pens for the Post-Gazette. It's Jason Mackey. Uh, I don't see Philadelphia taking this series back, Mackay. Uh, how about you? I think the only thing that could happen would be if the Penguins would collapse and give it away. I don't see that either. I don't at all, Mark. I just, you know, I look at it from several angles. The, the Flyers, to me, look like a beaten team. It looks like they're ready to pack it in. And the Penguins have so much experience with this stuff. I think they know what's in front of them. You know, Washington and Columbus could be slugging it out for two more games. as the Penguins realize that, or three more games, excuse me. I think the Penguins realize that they have a chance to get some nice time off here. They could really use it, and they're going to take advantage of it tonight. What has made the Penguins dominate defensively in this series? That might be the one thing I did not see coming. I saw a lot of 5-4 wins as opposed to 5 nothing wins. Does the Flyers stink qualify as an answer? That's, yeah, that's good yeah. enough for me, but I think the Penguins are uh, doing a bit better defensively, too. No, they are. They are. They absolutely are. And I think some of the stuff that we saw them struggle with down the stretch, I mean, it wasn't because they weren't capable. It was just they were sort of uninterested. Uh, they're managing the puck a lot better. Uh, they're not getting caught in ugly situations. Um, their defensemen have been better, frankly, and as simple as that is. Um, and I also think, well, I should also throw out there Matt Murray. I think he's been absolutely tremendous this series. But I've, I've also just been amazed at the lack of oomph or whatever, you know, from the Flyers. I thought they had a lot more, and their best players have just kind of disappeared. Well, let's stay with that because I'm all for putting the Flyers on blast uh, when possible. Even when a team is losing, usually, you can pick out one or two players who are performing well nonetheless. But I can't say that about one single flyer. How about you? Is any flyer praiseworthy? I think Nolan Patrick is. For a rookie playing in his first playoff series, I thought he's been pretty good. Um, but that's it. Where is Claude Giroux? <laughs> Where is Jacob Voracek? Where is you know Travis Konecki? He's been around a little bit. Couturier's hurt, and even before that, he didn't do anything. Their defensemen have been abysmal. Um, the only two I would really care to see, even you know, in a normal series, would be Provorov and Gostasbehere. But I feel like those two have struggled mightily as well. Um, so, yeah, their best players have just not been good at all. And you couple well, now, now why is that? Can you can you put your finger on a reason why? I mean, not just the two defensemen, but Giroux, Simmons, Voracek. They've all disappeared. Is there a tangible reason? I don't think Simmons is healthy, but the other guys, no. Um, to me, it's performing in the playoffs. And the Penguins have guys that have done that, uh, do it really well, and the Flyers don't. Uh, between Couturier getting hurt and the Flyers losing these last two games, both at home, are, are the Flyers demoralized? And if so, how bad heading into tonight? Yeah, they seem demoralized, but you know what? Like, You know the feeling when you, when you get a team that's just like, hacked off, and the Penguins have had that a few times um, before Washington comes to mind, you know, where they're still, still sort of focused on these You just get the feeling that the Flyers are defeated, that I don't even think that if they put their best game out there tonight, Mark, I don't think they have any confidence at all that it's going to matter. Uh, they need their goaltender, whomever it is, to absolutely stand on his head. For the Penguins to, like you said, give it away, 
and for them to play above their head. I mean, that's a lot of stuff to happen. I, I just think that the Flyers realize it. They've been through a lot this season. And they look to me like a team that just, you know what, good year, let's pack it in, and let's go get them next year. Who do you think Philadelphia will start in goal tonight? They have all three goaltenders available, and Haxtell said it would be a game-time decision. Who do you think will start, and who would you go with? I would go with Mrazek. I don't understand why he hasn't been given a better fit. That's a pretty decent postseason numbers, especially when you look at what he's done compared to the other two guys. I don't think that's the way he's going to go. Uh, I think he's going to go with Neuberg. Um Why, I don't know. I feel like Haxtell has bungled this situation, but it was the last guy he had. He gave up fewer goals than the guy before that. I don't know how you come back with Elliot. Elliot's been atrocious this series. And again, if it were me, I would go with Morazic. I feel like he's played the best out of any of them, but it, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem, Haxtell doesn't seem to like him for whatever reason. Uh, Couturier skated today. I just don't believe he's going to play. What do you think? I don't think he's going to play either. I don't see how that happens, Mark. I mean, did he really make that much progress? Like, to me, he's probably going to try to tape it up and shoot it up and do whatever he can. And you know what? Even if he plays, how effective is he going to be? I mean, Sullivan's going to send him out, going to send Crosby out there against Couturier. He's going to get his lunch handed to him. So, I mean, I give a lot of credit for trying. I just don't think it makes that much of a difference. We're talking to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. Mackay brought to you by windownation.com. What was your take on Dominic uh, Simone on the first line Wednesday and your take on Gensel playing the first power play? Yeah, I thought Simone was fine. I mean, I would maybe give it like a B, B minus, something like that. Um, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't look out of place. He didn't look lost. He wasn't, you know, a liability or something like that. I do think that if he's going to play the bulk of five on five minutes with Sid, he's got to probably score more and, and produce a little bit more offensively than he did. But for a, a rookie playing his first postseason game, I was fine with that. And I think he's smart enough to realize how to fit on that line. I don't think they're going to need him for very long. I think Hornquist probably could play if this series was in jeopardy. If it's not, they'll give him some more time. And I like Gensel on that top power play. It's sort of the same thing. You know, you're not going to ever take Hornquist off, but if you have to put him there, a little bit different you know it's a little bit more of a perimeter style or not perimeter but um you know he's not banging and crashing as much it's more of a touch thing uh, but i thought it was good enough all the stars are going great and those four guys really feed off each other especially this time of year don't they they do they do and and you know what mark i i've been against the uh kessel and malkin pairing and i've, I've sort of worried about it but i'm not I like it now for the reason that I'm not not totally married to Broussard and Kessel being together. I'm not sure it has to be. If they can get that line going with Sherry and Rust around Broussard, I'm curious to see whether that brings out a little bit more in Broussard, um, sort of to the tune of what they did with Malkin and putting them with two workers for a little while. But I've liked Phil and Gino together. I felt like they've been better this time than they have previous times, just as far as one of them taking control. And, again, I mean, if if you go with those two guys – Geez, oh man, the way the way the stars are going and you're loading up your top nine, it's really something else. And, and you're right, they all seem to be feeling it right now. Sidney Crosby passed Mario Lemieux for the franchise's all-time scoring lead in the playoffs. Uh, that's led to comparison of the two the past uh, couple days in sports talk radio. But it's tough to compare those two, isn't it? I mean, different styles, different eras. It's fun for me, but it's kind of fraught with frustration as well. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's tough to do. 
You know, I, I, I find it interesting. I don't know if Starkey wrote this in his column. I think it, you did. But, you know, if you would pick up one and put him in the other era, you know, who would fare better? And it is interesting to me to think, like, what Crosby could have done in Lemieux's era. And I think he would have been just absurdly dominant. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's funny and it's enjoyable, but I don't see how you reach any sort of conclusion. You know, maybe you break the tie with Cups 1, but at that point you're just putting Lemieux behind. I don't know. I'm not comfortable doing that. I watched him play. You watched him play. Like, there's not another human being that can do the things that he did. And, you know, I, it just it was completely enrapturing to watch him. So, like, to put him behind somebody it just doesn't feel right either. Yeah, it doesn't feel right with either. Uh, if Sin wins four or five cups, certainly that'll be remembered in and of itself. But uh, but uh, certainly there's there's a lot of work to be done before they get to that point. Uh, Paul Coffey told me that if, if, if Mario played today's hockey, he'd get about 140 points. And if Sid played in the hockey back then, he'd get about 160, 170 some years. And I think that's probably, well, put it this way, I trust the opinion of the guy making that assessment. Uh the PK is 15 of 17 in this series. What's been the catalyst there? You know what's funny, Mark? Talking to these guys about this stuff, and, and they're all insistent that they're not doing anything different. They didn't change anything. and um, you know, I Take them on their word. I do think what they're doing, they're doing it more effectively. Um, so many times it just seems like you know beating the same drum. And it probably is penalty kill, but just sort of getting clears when they're there. I use the example of Crystal Tang in game two. You know, having a chance to get the fuck out, he doesn't. The Flyers end up scoring. Uh, but just little detail things. I mean, these guys can kill penalties. They've been a really good penalty kill. Why it sort of jiggled loose after the trade deadline, I'm not quite sure. I think maybe they had to learn a little bit without Ian Cole, but I think that storyline also got blown way up. Uh, it's just been kind of funky, though. Like, the couple times that they allowed a scoring chance on the penalty, all the opposing team, including the Flyers, in game two, converted. But, by and large, I felt like this group has been a lot more confident, pressuring, um, and even generating a little bit of offense. They don't have to generate a ton, uh, but just pressuring in smart situations and sort of using their speed. I like Riley Sham, but I like him right where he is. Fourth line center uh, on the top PK. He's great at that, and I think he's got above and beyond in this series so far. How about you? I agree, Mark. I think Riley Shane's a terrific player. I wrote it earlier this week that I think he's a guy the Penguins would be smart to target uh, to keep around longer. And I, you know, I think they'll match with an RFA thing. But um, as far as you know, doing something reasonable to keep him around for three years or something. I mean, we talked about it earlier this year. If he's your third line center, you're maybe lacking, and it's not ideal. But if he's your four, he's an excellent four. He's a really responsible player. He can play with the variety of line mates. I think he does do well with guys that. Kind of like an Aston Reese mold. You know, they can play a little bit of offense, but they're also kind of heavy. But, um, no, he's he's a very smart guy. And you know what, too? You, you've seen this in the Penguins room. He really fits there. Sid likes him. He He's liked by a lot of the guys for what he does. He's a really easygoing guy. Um, very just fits the team chemistry here, and I think he likes being here as well. Troy Loney once said that when the playoffs come, it's actually easier for third and fourth line guys because what they do is even more needed and what they have to do is even more defined. Do you agree with that? That's interesting. And, yes, I do agree with that. I think Troy Loney is, is really smart, especially for saying something like that. But, you know, it, it, it's kind of a different role in the Penguins team, too, I feel like. When the stars are going the way they are, you don't, I mean, you don't 
ever need a ton of goals out of your fourth line, but I think you do need those sort of energy shifts and wear the opposing team down and get a change or two. I don't know if it was game maybe maybe the first game of the series where the fourth line and a couple of shifts that let one of them led to a goal, but um, just generate momentum. Don't get scored on. And, and this group right now, I feel like, has a pretty good sense of that with Shea and Kunakle and Aston Reese. You know, they're not the most offensively gifted line, but they're going to hit some people. They can get in the way. They can hold on to the puck. They're fairly good defensively. And, you know, I, I guess to Loney's point, you know, that's, if you're not if, if you're not looked at to have to score all the time to take chances, like it should be not easy, but at least more accomplishable to keep the puck and play a little bit more of a physical brand of hockey. And that's your, what you're built to do. What's your call, Makai? How's tonight going to go? I think tonight's going to be lopsided, Mark. I, I don't see this thing again. I, I would I would love to see an entertaining game. I just don't see it. I don't think the Flyers have it in them. I'm going to go four one Penguins. That's Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. I'm Mark Madden. The hockey talk's going to continue all afternoon long. I'm live at Buford's on 5th Avenue. You're listening to Home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, I uh, love the show, man. Hey, Mark, how you doing, pal? All hail double M. The X at 105.9. You know what I like? I like gift cards that you can use anywhere. I get those from time to time because I'm famous and successful. You go into a 7-Eleven, you get a coffee, you swipe the gift card, and it feels like you got it for free. I I guess technically you did because somebody else paid, not you. But you know what I mean? Coffee, free. Donut, free. Newspaper, free. And then you do it again tomorrow. But it's like heroin. Sooner or later, the gift card runs out. You swipe it. You're embarrassed because there's no money left. And you're like, what do you mean? I got to pay. And then afterward, you're, I can't believe I just paid a buck 95 for a freaking coffee. It's freeloader withdrawal is what it is. And then you get a gift card specific to a place you don't like, like a restaurant. But you go because you don't want to waste free. Nobody wants to waste free. You're like, well, this food sucks, but it's free. No quarter. Brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I'm still laughing about the furor over the release of the Steelers schedule. We knew who they were going to play and where. Is when really that big a deal? What, you're planning your tailgating already? Actually, some of you probably are. Uh, The Steelers play five out of six division games between week one and week nine. ESPN says the Steelers, quote, could have the division wrapped up by midseason, unquote. Yeah, or be hopelessly out of it. Dear God, do you know they're going to win those games for sure? And if they are going to win them eventually, and you know that, well, get a bet down for one thing and for another, then the division's wrapped up right now. Does it really matter when it's wrapped up? Uh, One thing the NFL did get right is no team will play on the road after a Monday night football road game. 
That's a small concession. There's still too many games and too much travel. Seattle was supposed to play at Oakland, which isn't a very long flight. And now that game's going to be at London, which is a very long flight. The Raiders are getting ready to move. Oakland is morning. And the NFL still taking games away from Oakland. Did you see the play last night in the game between Houston and Seattle? The baseball game. The Astros have men on first and second. Nobody out. Evan Gaddis hits a grinder to third. Third baseman steps on third and throws to second. Double play. But Gaddis forgets how many outs there are and wanders off first base and gets tagged out for a triple play. A, how can you forget how many outs there are? B, maybe the other team going five to four on that play should remind you because if there's one out, they're going five to three for the double play or maybe just five, four, three, depending on how close the third baseman is to third base. And C, what an idiot. I would bench Gaddis. I'd bench that guy forever, at least for a couple games. That's where today's athletes suck, where today's people suck. They just don't pay attention. Super Troopers 2 opened last night. Well, the official openings tonight, but there were screenings yesterday. I got to see that, but I haven't even seen Chappaquiddick yet. Hey, it's a pretty busy time of year. Uh, Arsene Wenger has resigned as Arsenal manager, and that's a big blow to Liverpool FC. Damn it. I was hoping Arsenal would manage forever, and it seems like he did. 412-333-9939. Let's go to Sean in Oakmont. Sean, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good afternoon, Super Genius. How are you? Good afternoon. I just had a quick question. Has there ever been two goalies going for three consecutive cups at the same time on different teams like Marc-Andre Fleury and Matt Murray are? That's actually a really good question. And wouldn't it be crazy if they played in the Stanley Cup final, though? As I mentioned earlier, I don't want to look that far ahead. Let's see. The last time that a team won three consecutive cups was the Islanders in 82. Their goalies were Billy Smith and uh, Roland Melanson, who I think stayed with the Islanders past that streak. The Canadians won 76 through 79. I don't think any of their goalies went anywhere, and certainly not to a legitimate contender. Uh, if this isn't the first time ever, Sean, it certainly is the first time I remember. Thank you for the call. But uh, let's get through more than one round in, in Las Vegas's case, and let's get through even one round in the Penguins' case before we start talking about a Pittsburgh-Vegas Stanley Cup final. Up next... I'm going to tell you why the Philadelphia Flyers are down three games to one in this series. And it's probably reason you figured out on your own, but uh, it's so much fun to talk about. I'm Mark Madden, live at Buford's on 5th, 105.9.